Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the weekend warm-up, BFW's weekly show where we go over the biggest events of the week, talk through the news, and get into some other crazy things. But uh, we'll, we'll get right to it tonight. Obviously, big week for Bayern Munich. Uh, after the five bloody nil DFB Pokal loss to Gladbach, everyone was just looking for how Bayern Munich would respond. And we covered this on a podcast earlier in the week, but I think that all Bayern fans could be really happy about the effort that they saw, not only against Union Berlin over the weekend, but also against Benfica in the Champions League. Thoroughly dominant efforts. It is exactly what Bayern fans needed to see out of this team after that really just awful debacle last week in the Pokal. But now that that is all behind us, that Gladbach game is ancient history, and Bayern Munich fans can get back to doing what they do best, and that's complaining about the current roster. So, um, you know, this was one of the uh, the funny things over the week. Despite how dominant Bayern was, and there, I think for the large majority of fans, were really happy with the performances. Uh, you're still starting to hear those whispers about people being unhappy with the defense. Uh, some people might be a little bit unhappy with some of the decisions by the coach. And while I'm not 100% on board with everything going on right now, I would say that overall, I'm really pleased with the way the team has played, not just over the course of the past week and responding to that Gladback loss, but how they've played all season. I think, you know, I think this is a super talented team. I think they're deep. And uh, I think that there's not many other clubs right now that can really touch them in terms of, not just overall talent, not just depth, but how they play the game, how fun they are to watch right now. And that's one of the biggest things that I think that fans should really appreciate is this team is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. I know that I I make an appointment viewing. And even when there are times because I have kids and they're dragging me out all over with their activities, sometimes I can't watch a game live, but I always make it a point to make sure it's DVR'd if you know it's well actually i don't even have to dvr it now because it's all on espn plus for me so i go back and i make sure that i watch it and it's not just because i feel like i have to because i'm you know i run this blog and and i feel like i have to stay up but i I really just look forward to it because i like seeing a team play this brand of football this exciting style where the offense and the attackers are constantly moving they're constantly making runs constantly looking for the good pass and always looking to create offense. Uh, I just enjoy it. I think this ride has been thoroughly enjoyable this season so far. But there are some things um, that I'm not super happy with. And, you know, while I'm not one of the people that I don't take to Twitter or to any other social media and just start to go crazy and go scorched earth on anyone as, as a conversation I had with RLD this week uh, about having a scorched earth approach to topics. Uh, I don't typically do that, right? So even when things look really bad, like they did against Gladback, I didn't overly panic. You could tell right from the outset that was in a one-off game, right? Bayern didn't look into it from the beginning. They got swamped right away. Uh, they just couldn't keep up. And, 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 you know, I don't want to harp on that too much because I don't put too much weight in that one. Um, as many people have described, clad back as a bogey team for Byron. So uh, whether you believe that or not, the results are what they are. 
But while I don't fly off the handle online, I, there are some things that, that have irritated me uh, somewhat about the squad. And I'll start off with one thing that has really kind of like, this is the one thing that I guess is the biggest issue to me. And I, I've been a big proponent of Julian Nagelsmann, not just uh, since he started coaching this season, but even before when it became clear that Hansi Flick was going to leave, I thought Nagelsmann was really the only choice. It was either, you know, Nagelsmann, Oder Nicks, right? Like that's how it was. It was, you had to have him or there was nothing else. And Byron went out, did the job and got him, and they put a lot of trust in him. You can see already that he has been given a lot of say in transfers. He's been given, he's been allowed to give his feedback, to give his input. And that's something that, that wasn't necessarily there with Hansi Flick and Brazo. They didn't have that kind of relationship. And for whatever reason, despite all of his success, Flick could not get to that level in the mind of Brazo. So that was, uh, as everyone knows, one of the biggest issues between the two men and why Flick ultimately had to leave. But if you could give Brazo just a little bit of credit, I think he, he had to learn from that, whether that's learning because he genuinely reflected on the situation and thought about what he could have done better, or it was kind of a forced reflection in that his bosses told him, you can't let this happen again. Uh, either way, it doesn't matter because now Nagelsmann has a lot of say. Uh, you can tell that his fingerprints are all over some of the uh, moves that the team has made. And one of the moves that I think, I, I don't know anybody that was against it. I mean, there were some people that were, you know, kind of so-so with it, but just about everyone was in favor of the acquisition of Marcel Sabitzer. And I was one of those people, right? I'm in favor of getting talent. And I thought that Byron needed talent. I thought they could use him and they would have plenty of ways to use him because not only can he play the six, eight or the 10, he can also float out and play wing as well. So I thought when you have a player this versatile, you have a player this talented, you want to get him on the pitch. And when you have a squad like Byron, who in some areas of the field, they're aging, right? And in some other areas, they're young or they're injury prone or they have players that are really on the road to wearing themselves down. So whatever the case, I really did think Sabitzer was going to be a great fit and that he could fill a lot of roles and would get regular playing time. Well, that has not worked out. And this has been one of the, really the thorn in my side uh, with how Nagelsmann has, has handled the squad. He, one, I don't think he rotates quite enough. And while he's done okay with some of the, the center back rotation has been okay when all three players were healthy. Uh, I think he, he had done well with that. Um, I don't think he's handling the wing rotation that great. Now, granted it's, he's got a, just a luxury <laughs> there with the amount of talent between Gnabry, Sané, Coman and Musiala. Um, and we'll touch on Musiala in a bit. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, he, he, you can't go wrong. He's just got so much there, so many weapons. Uh, but I think he's mishandled the midfield situation in a bad way. Now, Thomas Muller is, uh, I mean, to me, he is still a top-tier player. and I don't see him falling off a cliff anytime soon with that. I think he's been really good this season. I think the numbers reflect that. Uh, I, I don't see any drop-off in his game, but 
he is getting older. He does play a highly intense style. And I do think that Nagelsmann could do better in giving Muller a little more rest. I also think that Nagelsmann is really skating on thin ice with Kimmich because Kimmich, while he is one of the emotional leaders of the team, uh, and while he definitely fills a role and is an important player on the pitch at all times, he is a high-energy, high-intensity uh, player who I would say, I don't want to say he's going to burn out, but physically I think he is going to wear down because he is always going at 100 miles an hour. He never, ever takes a step back from that intensity. And, you know, it's one thing I can sit here and say physically I'm worried about him wearing down, but also mentally because it's just a grind, right? Like, listen, we all know he loves the game. We all know that this is his passion. That's clear every time he steps on the pitch. But when you go through ups and downs in a season, when you're physically not feeling great, which you you have to assume that, that Kimmich can't be operating at 100% from a physical standpoint, right? Um, And that starts to affect you mentally. Why can't you make that pass you normally can? Why is your touch off? Why are are your shots going high? Why are they going wide? All these things, I think, could add up to Kimmich wearing down, both physically and mentally, over the course of the season. And I need to see him rest more. Now, listen, we've joked about it before. It's almost as if Nagelsmann is is scared to take Kimmich off the pitch just because Kimmich is basically a crazy man. Um, <laughs> but I think for the betterment of the team, for the betterment of Kimmich himself, he, he needs to take a seat once in a while. And I'd like to see that happen soon. I don't know if Freiburg, uh, the game that is this weekend, is the right move. But I think I need to see more of Kimmich on the bench just to, to make myself feel better, but also because I know that will ultimately help him and keep him more fresh as the season goes on. Uh, as for Leon Goretzka, Goretzka is falling into this pattern of picking up Knox, right? So Goretzka is not quite on the Kingsley Coman level of brittleness. I mean, he's not there. I don't even know if brittleness is a word. Uh, brittle, brittleosity. I'll just start making up words at this point. But Goretzka has a tendency to pick up knocks, right? And they're typically not like long-term injuries, but he'll miss a game here, a game there. And it's not that he's not dependable because he is. But I do think, you know, we can go back to the pandemic season, the condensed schedule there. Then you can go straight to the, the international schedule with the Euros and I don't think a lot of players are getting the amount of rest that they need. And again, Goretzka is a high intensity player. He is a physical player. He's going to get worn down. He's going to have injuries. And I think it's a perfect opportunity for Nagelsmann to use someone like Sabitzer to not just take the weight off of Goretzka, but just let the guy rest maybe alleviate some of these wear and tear injuries that are no doubt adding up on him. I just don't understand the lack of urgency in using Sabitzer to not just, uh, you know, play for Kimmich or Goretzka, but also Muller. Like you have Sabitzer on any other team in the Bundesliga is a starter. He is a world-class player. And, and I, 
the one thing, the one reservation I had about Sabitzer coming into this when when it, the news started to break that he was going to make this move, and I kept thinking to myself, if I am him, why the hell would I make this move? Uh, no matter how good I am, I could be damn near the best player on earth. I'm not going to push out Thomas Muller, Joshua Kimmich, and Leon Goretzka. And it has nothing to do with talent as much as it has to do with those three players are ingrained in the Bayern Munich club. They are ingrained in the culture. They are three of the most important players at the club. And they could be three of the most important players in the club, even if they weren't performing well on the pitch. Uh, I didn't get it from that perspective. And now some of those fears I had, I think, are starting to be realized. And what we saw this week, and again, this is all you know, rumors and sport build kind of running with something like Sabitzer didn't join his teammates and celebrating after the Benfica win. Now, nobody knows why. I mean, there are rumors that he's frustrated, that he's not happy with how he played or how much he's playing. No one really knows because he hasn't really come out and said it. I mean, I think we can ascertain that things are not great for him. I mean, he went from being the alpha at Leipzig to essentially barely playing with Bayern Munich. And that has to be tough. Again, it's got to be tough mentally on someone. The one thing, if you haven't interacted with a lot of top-tier athletes, the one thing that you can get, and some of them are nice, some of them are jerks, but they all have the mentality that they belong. They all have that assurance and that self-confidence that they are great at what they do. So this has to be extremely difficult for Sabitzer to have to sit there and watch these games knowing he could be out on the pitch for any other team in the league. He could he could start on so many other teams in Europe. So for him, this has got to be frustrating. And I think we're seeing that play out every time that he actually gets on the pitch because he's rushing his decisions. He's forcing things. He's not doing the things that made him such a great player. He doesn't look confident. And if you go out on the field and you think you have to do something great to warrant more playing time, the more you're focused on that, the less the chance is that you're actually going to do something great. And, and I'm worried that he's at that stage and that that's how the rest of the season is going to play out for him. Now, I, I, I'm not going to say this is a, a failed transfer. I'm not even going to say he can't turn it around in the second half of the season or even next year. It can happen, and it wouldn't shock me if it did. But he is absolutely a player that could be way more impactful than he has been. And I'm going to put some of the blame on Nagelsmann. I'm going to put some of it on Sabitzer. But in the end, I'm still going to be left here sitting and thinking about why the hell would he have made this move? I mean, I get the part that he wants trophies. He wants to be a part of a team that's going to win the Bundesliga. I'm I'm sure that is a a dream of his. I'm sure that he had dreams of winning the Pokal. Uh, And and no doubt he has dreams of winning the Champions League. And maybe he'll get to realize all those. But I, I just don't know how the competitor inside of a player like that could be okay with the situation he's in. And, and I, I do put, you know, a little bit of weight into some of the stories just because I think he is a little bit unhappy and I don't know if it's with himself or with the team or his situation, but I would assume that things just are not great with him. 
Now, as far as you know, rotating other players go, uh, I mean, we we said that you know at center back, I think Nagelsmann has done a pretty good job. Right now, he's dealing with some injuries, but just overall, he's done well. Even at the outside back positions, you know, most of it's been injury induced, but he's done well at juggling in some of the other players and moving other players around. So, don't have much of a problem with it. Uh, one of the things that has bothered me is aside of Sabitzer is Jamal Musiala. And I've covered this a few different times, but he just seems to have dropped off the face of the earth as a winger, which I don't get because for so long there, he was the team's best wing. And now that the other three players have really picked up their games, it seemed like it seems like Nagelsmann is very hesitant to put Musiala back in that mix for fear of ruining what he has built up with Sané, Gnabry, and Coman. It's tough enough to rotate three great players like that. And I do think all three of those players are great. Do they have flaws? Absolutely. But in the end, their talent level and the way they have produced this season makes them great. Uh, so I, I do think there's a little bit of that where Nagelsmann is scared to put Musiala back in the mix because if he starts to perform the way he's capable of at wing, how do you how do you work with four there? It's I mean, I, I could figure it out probably, but but I don't have to deal with them in the locker room. Nagelsmann has that dynamic as well. So it's not as easy as, as I might make it out to be. There's a lot to work with and deal with there, especially given the respective contract situations. Obviously, Sané is with Bayern for the long term. Gnabry's in the midst of renegotiating his deal to get an extension. Uh, Coman, I'm sure the club wants him to stay, but he wants a lot more money than they want to pay. So he could be leaving, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think that Bayern Munich wants to make every effort to get him to stay. So they're not just going to, to plop him on the bench and keep him there. They're going to play him. Uh, so I, I get that it's tough to mix Musiala in there. I get that, you know, one of the other positions you could play Musiala is at, at the at the 10 where Thomas Muller is currently entrenched and you really don't want to take Muller off the pitch. And I get it. I understand it, but I do think Nagelsmann has to find a way to get Musial on the field more, whether it's at wing or at the 10 or even at striker, when you want to give Robert Lewandowski a blow. And if Chupo is taking a little bit longer to recover from his most recent injury, which it seems like he's almost back, but I'm not even opposed to playing Musiala some of the nine, just because I think you need to get the kid on the pitch. And, and, you know, again, we see reports this week that he's getting a little bit antsy, that he's looking for a discussion with the coach to talk things over to make sure that they're still aligned and on the same page, because he has to worry about not just his development, but how he's progressing within this team. And if he can break through at some point, I thought when we saw him at wing, that he had proven that he was able to play different spots and be a major contributor. Right now, it looks like Musiala is destined to be a spot player. Not much different than Sabitzer at this point. So I'm a little disappointed that those two players haven't gotten more run for Bayern. It's, it's one of those things I think can only help the team. And it's disappointing. It really is disappointing that they haven't. Uh, been able to get on the pitch and show what they can do as much. Uh, and I think it's hurting both of their, you know, both players' confidence, to be honest. So uh, I hope that Nagelsmann can sort that out. It would be great just because I think those two players can offer so much on the pitch. And when you already have, you know, three other good wings and you have three good center backs, 
and you have Stanisic, who you know has been pretty good, but might be declining a bit. But either way, he's been solid enough to say like you can mix him in every once in a while, and you can feel pretty okay about it. Um, you know, this is just a team with a lot of depth, a lot of talent. And I think to really maximize it, to really get it done, you've got to find more ways to get Sabitzer and Musiala involved. So, you know, like I said, I'm not out there. I'm not ranting and raving on Twitter about it. But I I will tell you that, uh, you know, I'd like to see some improvements there from Nagelsmann. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, when we see the news stories over the course of the week, uh, there's always obviously transfer rumors. And, you know, when we talk about this rotation and how Nagelsmann is working with all these players, uh, you know, he's done pretty well, like I said, using Luca Hernandez, Dio Upamakano, and Nicholas Sula and rotating them. And part of that has been because they're, you know, any of the three players have been knocked, have uh, picked up, I was going to say knocked up. God, what is wrong with me? It's getting a little too late to do this. Uh, they've all picked up knocks at different points of the year. Right now, Hernandez and Sula are are uh, battling injuries, but it looks like they both could be ready for the weekend. Upa Makano was really just battling himself uh, just as, even as early as last week where, you know, it seemed like his confidence was gone. And again, like I didn't think he was great against Benfica either. But, um, you know, overall, the threesome has been really, really good. And I think that you can mix and match them so many different ways. Obviously, Sula is one of the big keys to that because he can aptly play either right center back or left center back, which is huge because, you know, Luca Hernandez being a left footer, Dio Upamakano being a right footer, having Sula available to fill that role and be able to play in both spots allows Nagelsmann to just mix and match with his you know, whoever is feeling great that day, whoever's in the best form, and he doesn't have to worry about too much in terms of whether he's going to lessen someone's productivity or lessen their effectiveness because of what side they're on. So, um, you know, I think that that part has been really good. But for Sula, it's really interesting because we saw that earlier in the week that Newcastle United, of course, they are uh, (laughs) – I guess they will be injected with some funds uh, for the summer transfer window and they will be looking, the report said anyway, that they would be looking to bring him in. And even went as far as to say that there may have been talks. Well, Sula's agent uh, went on to uh, Florian Plettenberg's podcast, which is in German, but we had seen some of the translations and he had basically detailed that, no, they have not had any discussions with Newcastle. And in fact, uh, right now, the ball is in Sewell's court. There are no talks. And his agent, Volker Struth, said that, you know, it really comes up to whatever Sewell wants to do. If Sewell wants to stay, they will find a way to get a deal done. If Sewell wants to go, though, you know, he actually referenced it would be just like Tony Cruz or David Alba, where... Sula will finish the season and then move on, which would be unfortunate. Um, You know, again, I've made my feelings on Sula pretty clear. I think he is a foundational piece for this defense. Big, strong, fast, uh, technically skilled, just all around, I think, a potential to be a world-class center back. Uh, I wouldn't let him go, but what do I know? I mean, there's so many of you out there who are just – ready for Sewell to go. And I, I guess I kind of get it. Like when a guy starts to waver, you know, depending on, you know, 
your feelings as a fan, it, you know, some people feel that once a player starts to waver on whether they want to be with the club, that they should just automatically go. Um, I don't, I don't feel that strongly about it. I get that from Sula's perspective, he not only has to find a place where one, he's going to be happy Two, he's going to be counted on to be a starter because I mean, why wouldn't you? And three, that he can make the kind of money that he wants. Um, and obviously with those three factors, I mean, Bayern Munich can make it happen for him. Uh, Newcastle can sure as hell pay him what he wants, I guess, in the summer. We don't know how happy he'll be with that. And, uh, you know, he'll get a starting role, but is it really going to be a lot of fun in that starting role if you're not playing in any important European competition? So Nicholas Sula will absolutely have his uh, work cut out for him when the discussions start this winter between you know his agent and the club in trying to sort out whether they can keep him in Munich. And like I've said a million times, I hope they can. So uh, that'll about wrap up the footballing portion of this. I, I did want to let you guys know I started on the new season of Curb and as always, top notch. Uh, it's just uncomfortable and awkward and just glorious and all, all at the same time. So I'm enjoying it. Still working my way through Squid Game. Uh, you know, it's going to be a slow burn for me because I'm trying to watch it with my kids. So uh, you know how that goes. I mean, sometimes they're around and most times they are not. And I am just an old bastard trying to stay up late and do podcasts and that kind of thing. So appreciate you guys listening. Uh, please check out the site this weekend because we're going to cover that Freiburg game in a big way. We're also undoubtedly going to have a lot of coverage on Hansi Flick selections for Germany. Uh, I've already put out kind of my preview at guessing who he's going to select there. Uh, obviously with Timo Werner, Lucas Klosterman, uh, Emery Chan, all injured. Uh, the uncertain status of Jerome Boateng, Mats Hummels being injured. Uh, there are just infinite possibilities for where Flick could go with this. Kind of tend to think that he is going to go with a smaller roster just because he has uh, he wants to build up some continuity, and I don't really think that he's in the mindset to to bring in a bunch of young kids at this stage and and try and work with them. I think he he really does want to get his key players on the same page and ready to go. And I think he's he's eyeing this World Cup next year as winnable. And obviously, he's the coach, so he should right. But I think legitimately he's not concerned about what anybody else has to say about the players on his team, about the performances of his team. I just think he's got himself zeroed in and locked in on what he needs to do to get these players ready to win the World Cup. And I think that he's going to put them in a pretty good position to do that. So, again, thanks for listening. We always love your feedback and appreciate all of your support. Uh, please keep listening to all of our podcasts, which include the pregame show, the postgame show, the flagship, and the weekend warm-up. So, uh, you know, you can always catch me on Twitter at The Barrel Blog. You can get our site at Bavarian FB Works on Twitter. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get Tom at TommyAdam71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. And uh, hey, enjoy your weekend, have some fun, 
enjoy this match. We'll be heading into a international break. So you can join us for all of that great Germany coverage and uh, drink a couple of beers for me this weekend. All right.